So we're working through the book of Ephesians. If uh, um, you have not been here, if this is uh, uh, new to you, uh, the book of Ephesians is divided in half. The first three chapters the, is driving the first three chapters. The word is, is the word wealth. Um, and then the uh, four, chapter four, five, and six is the word walk. And you can break the book up in that regards. And uh, that's what we have done uh, during our series as we're walking through the book of Ephesians. So we're uh, looking at the believer's behavior. In other words, this is how we're supposed to walk. And uh, in our passages, when we're understanding how we're supposed to walk, the, walk, the word is used. The word is used in the NASB. It says walk. In the NIV, it's, it's live. And it means the same thing. Walk, live. This is how we're supposed to live. This is how we're supposed to walk. And in our passage, you will see a very specific directive, walk as children of the light. And uh, then what we'll do is we'll read the passage, we'll look at the point, and then we'll work around the point to see what God wants us to do and how we should respond to it. Ephesians 5, 6 through 14 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you are formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that, comes, that becomes visible is light. For this reason it is says, Awake, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So we do see it right in the middle, walk as children of the light, and we're going to break this passage up into three different areas to try to understand what that means and what, how we should respond to what it means. We had talked about the state of darkness, the state of light, and then how a child of light walks in the light. So let's first understand the state of darkness. Number one, a person that does not know Christ is the very embodiment of darkness. The passage does come with a, a powerful statement. It does not say that we are only in darkness if we do not know Christ, that we are darkness. Let's read the passage. Let, one let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness. It doesn't say formerly in darkness. It says you were formerly darkness saying that before I was a, a, a Christian, before I accepted Christ, before I found salvation in Christ, I was darkness. And this insinuates that those who do not know Christ are darkness. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean if those who do not know Christ um, are darkness, are the embodiment of darkness? This is what it means. It means that you don't know what's wrong with the world. You don't know what's wrong with the world. If you do not know Christ, you've stepped away from Christ, and, and you don't know what's taking place, what's wrong with the world. Now, everybody would not deny that there's something wrong with the world. I mean, what is this? Is it racism? Um, is it equality? What, what, what is wrong with the world? Uh, we know that there's something wrong, but the question is, what is it? What is it? If you ask an unsaved person that, what would the answer be? It would be across the board in different areas. I mean, some people would say, well, it's the Democrats. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Republican who are unsaved, the Democrats is what's wrong with the world. 
Or if you were a Democrat and you asked an unsaved Democrat, what's wrong with the world? They'd probably say even Republicans is wrong with the world. But none of that travels through time or even works across the globe. In other words, if you look through history, your answer of what's wrong with the world must travel through time because we know that there's history that is behind us. So give an answer, and when you give an answer, it has to be very, very consistent what takes place, you know, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, compared to what takes place now. So Democrat and Republican are out because, I mean, it's, it's isolated to our country. It's also isolated at time. So you have to answer the question, what is wrong with the world? If you are in here right now and you've rejected Christ and you hear the word that you're an embodiment of darkness, um, answer the question. What is wrong with the world? Answer it really fast. What is, what is wrong with the world? That's what it means that you are in darkness is that you don't know. You don't know what is wrong with the world. Now, when you become a Christian, you know, what happens is you get the whole word of God, which is the words of God, and you unfold the Bible, and the Bible is shouting at the top of its lungs, this is what's wrong with the world. Sin entered the world. It gives us a specific example. In fact, sin is a word that's only from the Bible because it carries so much dynamics and so much nuances to it that the world doesn't even use it because it carries so much power. But yet it is three letters that a Christian would say, well, this is what's wrong with the world. And then everything could be located with that. And it goes through history. It goes through time. It goes from country to country to country. It goes all the way around. But instead of not knowing what's wrong with the world, it turns us into people that the world is completely wrong except me. <laughs> I'm the only one that's, that's, that's not wrong, but everything else is wrong. You see the confusion that takes place? The Bible is referring to that as, as darkness. It's dark. You, you, don't, you don't see it. You don't see it. There's other things you don't see. You don't know why you're here. I mean, why are you here? You ask somebody a question that does not know Jesus, well, what's your purpose? What's your purpose um, for being here. Because remember, you're going to the grave, and when you go to the grave, there's going to be no more if you do not believe in Jesus. So what's the purpose? To do right or to do wrong? Uh, what's your purpose? And for some reason, it's acceptable for people to not know what their purpose is. But is it really acceptable? I mean, if, if I ask Bill Schutz, hey, do you want to spend Monday with me, and you hang out all day? He's going to be very, very kind and he's going to start asking me some questions, being very, very kind. But do you know what his kindness is going to do? He's going to try to get the answer of, I'd love to spend the day with you, but what's the purpose? <laughs> what's the purpose of the day? What are we going to, what are we going to do? Uh, what are we going to talk about? Where are we going to go? We, why would I waste a day with Mike if there's no purpose behind it? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't sacrifice a day if I didn't know the purpose. So you try to find out what the purpose is before you invest even one ounce of time. Wouldn't it be wise to figure out what the purpose of life is before you live from day to day to day to day? Purpose is very, very important to all of us, and as purpose is very, very important to all of us, why do we put it at bay? Why do we put it at bay? If you're in darkness, you put it at bay. I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what the purpose is. The other things you don't know when you're living in the darkness is you don't know where you're going. Where are you going? I'm sorry, I, I skipped one. You don't know where you came from. You're in complete darkness. You absolutely don't know where you came from. The Bible says, I want to give you a very description of where you came from. But if you do not know um, Jesus, then you have no explanation where he came from. If you do have an explanation where, where he came from, where did you get it? And who is the source that is behind it? In other words, is it correct? You know, maybe it's 
reincarnation. Well, why did you get that? Where did you get that? Where did you enhance that belief? Where did you find that belief? And uh, it's like, well, I don't know. I just, I, just, I just believe it. Well, then you carry a lot of faith if you believe in, in reincarnation because you are having faith that this is where you came from. But is it true? Is it right? If you're in darkness, you don't know why you're here. If you're in darkness, you don't know where you're going. That's what darkness means. When it says in the embodiment of darkness, it's not that you're in the state of darkness. It's that you're making decisions that are driving from darkness. You're making decisions of your life, of your future, of your day-to-day activities that are decided inside of darkness. And that's why Paul goes so aggressive to say, you're not just in darkness, you're in the embodiment of darkness, living at the function of darkness driving you. He says that is the state of somebody who is not a believer. They are in the embodiment of darkness. But what is the state of light? The state of light is the opposite. Number two, a person that knows Christ is in the very embodiment of light. It uses the same words, you're in the embodiment of darkness, and then it goes into your embodiment of light. Ephesians 5, 16, uh, 5, 8 says this, For you are formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And there we get our challenge. Well, what is the embodiment of light? What does it look like? You know what's wrong with the world. How do you know what's wrong with the world? Well, if you've accepted Jesus and his word being called the word, you can accept the entire word of God. And it's going to go back and it's going to explain it to you. Because one man's sin, sin entered into the world, and as a result of sin came death. And all of a sudden you're going to figure everything out. Everything is completely described in one book. Because when you become a Christian, when you accept Christ, what takes place is that he's given you all the dynamics and nuances behind it inside of his word. That makes it all completely understandable. So you're not in the dark anymore. You don't question anymore. The word says it. This is, this is where it has come from. You know where you came from. Man was created by the dust, and dust he'll return. God breathed into him and became a living being, and the woman came from a man's rib. That's just explained. And since it's explained, and since we know it, we can say, I'm not living in the darkness. I completely understand where we came from. I completely see it. Now, science does not explain it, but the Word is explaining it and gives us a very consistent explanation that we can call light because it goes all the way through history. We can call truth because it is consistent. We can call it the answer because it has been weighed and measured, and it is the answer. The other thing about light is you know where you're, you know where, you know why you're here. Created for God's glory, created to serve him and worship him and to give him glory. I understand why I'm here. I now have a purpose, and the purpose is the source that is driving my life. Light will then be driving my life rather than darkness driving my life if I am the embodiment of light after I accept Christ. And you know where you're going. If a believer, a person, believes this, that Jesus Christ left heaven. And what I mean by left heaven, I mean that he is God. (laughs) Jesus left heaven. Jesus is God, and he came to earth as a man. Therefore, he is born as, as a virgin. He is born to a virgin. And therefore, he is God and he is man. And he lived a perfect life. And after he lived a perfect life, what he did is he went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, he died. Now, remember what I said before is Jesus is God. That means what? God died. And he died for a purpose. He died 
to pay the price for your sin and for my sin. So all my sin was put upon his shoulders. All your sin was put upon his shoulders, and he paid the full price. He was the only one that should have never paid the price for sin, and he is the only one that is paying the ultimate crazy price for sin. And he does it. All my sin goes on his shoulders. He pays the price, and then he goes into the grave. Three days later, he rises again. And when he rises again, it says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you will be saved. What does that mean? It means that I can get to heaven on his life, not mine. I can get to heaven on his life, not mine. This is the salvation message that is completely given to us if we choose to believe it. And what happens when we believe it? The light turns on. The light turns on everyone. Everything becomes understood. Everything is understood. I know where I am. I know who I am. And I know where I'm going. Those who believe in that will spend an eternity with him, and those who do not believe in it will spend an eternity in lake of fire. It's all explained. Everything is explained. So here we have the state of darkness, and we have the state of light, and we are the embodiments of each of those. If you're a believer, how should a child of light walk in the light? Okay, so I have been a Christian. Now I need to understand how to walk, and that is the drive of our message, and the passage gives it to us. He gives us three different things of what is the fruit of light. This is how we're supposed to walk. Number, number three, a child of light walks in goodness. And what does goodness mean? To give life and light to people. We use the word a lot. I use the word a lot on Friday night and also last night. And the reason why I use the word a lot Friday night and last night is because my daughter, our youngest daughter, works at a restaurant. And uh, in this restaurant, it's kind of some expensive meals. And, and we eat there because, you know, we want to see her and we also want to support, you know, her restaurant that is there. And they have this dessert that costs $10. And, uh, and, and she just says, okay, order the dessert. I'm like, it's 10 bucks. But it tastes like 10 bucks. I mean, it, it is really good. Even though they give you a tiny little square, it still tastes like 10, 10 bucks. So it's like, oh, that's good. Well, she came home Friday night. And she says, Dad, um, she's house-sitting at another house. So she calls me up and says, hey, Dad, come over. I got, you know, I got a little piece of a, the, the dessert that you like. And, uh, and it's not going to be 10 bucks. You can just come and share it with me because they had some extra. So I went over there to the house, and she didn't have a piece. She had $60 worth. <laughs> I mean, I, so I just added it all up into sections. But it was a huge piece of uh, dessert. And, uh, and you have to have the dessert with ice cream. So her and I and my wife, you know, sat down and we, you know, <laughs> we got the ice cream, we got the dessert, and, and uh, it lit up my face. <laughs> it lit up the, the, the grin on my face. It didn't only light up my face, it lit up my, test, uh, my, my bu- um, taste buds. It lighted up the excitement. It lighted up my attitude. It lit up my joy. It lit up my belly. Everything was on fire as I sat there and enjoyed that cake. So much that I didn't enjoy the whole thing Friday night, but after church on Saturday night, I said, can I come visit you again? And I went over there, and there's some left, and then it lit me up again. There's a word that came out of my mouth when I said it lit me up. What's the word? That's good cake. (laughs) What am I doing? I'm describing what good means. Good is when you are lit up. It is when you are excited. It is when you are overwhelmed. It's when you're overjoyed. It's when you become all of a sudden alive. When you look at a good father, you look at a good mother, they invest in their children for the purpose of lighting them up. 
making them strong, giving them strength, giving them endurance, giving them encouragement, giving them life, giving them Jesus. See, that's what you call a good father in regards to a bad father, because what would be the opposite of goodness would be to, I don't know what the word would be, like vacuum, maybe draining from you. And now we know that, some people that light us up and the other people that say, well, this person just drains me, just, it just sucks the life out of me. That's the difference between good and somebody um, who is draining, which would be a vacuum, or you can use it even as a benign tumor. You know, what's a benign tumor? It's a, a tumor there that drains the life out of you. So when you look at this word good, you look at it under the concept, am I somebody who lights people up? Because if you are somebody who lights people up, what's going to take place? People are going to look at you and say, oh, that person, that person is, is good. Those are the words that would come out of your mouth. Ephesians 5 says this, walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness. It consists in all goodness. So we ask the question, why do we exist? Why do we exist? We exist for Christ and what Christ has done for us. And what has Christ done for us? Left heaven, came to earth, died, and rose again, and I am saved, therefore I am lit up. Why am I lit up? Why am I lit up? I'm lit up for the purpose of lighting everybody up. You have love God, love people. It all comes into the category. Since I am alive in Christ, I need to give others life. I need to give others life. I exist for the purpose of lighting my wife up. I exist for the purpose of lighting my children up. I exist for the purpose of lighting you up. And the reason why is because Christ lit me up. That's how salvation, that's how salvation works. That I am alive today because of what Christ did, and I want you to be alive today because of what Christ did, because it's good. Because what he did is good. Now, the enemy, you might say, well, you know, you know some people get lit up without Christ. Well, how do people get lit up without Christ? Well, there's methods. You can use drugs. And the way you can use drugs is it will completely light you up until you completely crash the next day. Until you completely crash after it's over. And then you go it again, and it lights you up. And even as it lights you up, you destroy your family in the process. So, so Satan says, I'm going to give you guys something good to light you up, but you can be able to tell which one will give you life and which one won't. Because if you are a light, you also live and live strong. You see, it all comes from the answer of God. And he says, this is what light is, and this is the fruit of light. It's based in goodness. It's based in goodness. Therefore, be a light to the world. John 8, 12 is consistent with this passage. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life that will be granted to us. Number four, child of light walks in righteousness. It's been given to us. What does righteousness mean? It says to be right and to do right. That is what righteousness means. Now, the person that gives us, these are what it means, but the person that gives us a great explanation is, is C.S. Lewis. And he says, whenever you want to talk about the word righteousness, he goes, think of the word the solar system. And ask the question, why do they call it a solar system? And C.S. Lewis goes on to explain, the reason why they call it a solar system is because it is a system that works correctly because every uh, one of the planets, what, orbit around the sun. 
Every one of them has a focus. And since they have a focus, they have the spot, everything orbits completely around the sun. He said the solar system would be a messed up system where there would be death and destruction if everything didn't orbit around the sun. And the reason why is because if other planets started to orbit around something else, what's going to happen? They're going to start running into each other. And they're going to start smacking into each other. And the whole system would absolutely collapse. When you look at Christianity, everything orbits around holiness. What is right? And it focuses on orbit around what is right. And the reason why you want to focus and orbit around one who is right is because if you don't and you orbit around something else, everything else will collapse. Everything else will run into each other. Destruction will take place. Orbit around what is right and orbit around what is true. And as a result, everything will do what? Work in complete harmony. That is a, the, the answer that God has given us. Saying just do right. Now, that's a, one thing that we do not like. Uh, Christians don't even like the word. Now, don't call me righteous. Don't tell me to do right. Don't tell me to do this. And the reason why we don't like the word is because we like, we, like we like to have freedom. But in the Bible, the Bible is saying it is a good word. And the reason why it's a good word is because it will light everybody up rather than trash everybody. When you do it right, you won't be running into your children. You won't be running into your uh, wife. You won't be running into your neighbors. You won't be, it will not be chaos in the world. In fact, if everybody did it right, the world would turn from the world into heaven because that's what heaven's going to be all about. Everybody's going to orbit around Jesus Christ. Everything will function absolutely perfect as a result of that orbit. That's why he brings in the word righteousness. Ephesians 6 again. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, because it lights you up, and in all righteousness. It doesn't destroy you. It's another thing that lights you up. That's what light does. That's how light works. John three nineteen says this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. That is one powerful verse. Because if you look at that, if, if you really look closely at that verse, what is it saying? It's saying that everybody believes in Jesus. Everybody believes in Jesus. But we love darkness more, so we just reject Jesus. Does everybody believe in Jesus? Um, well, why does everybody use his name? I mean, in church we use his name. and talk about Jesus all the time. But why does everybody who doesn't believe in Jesus use his name as well? Maybe through a swear word, consistently. In fact, if you go to the streets, you'll consistently hear the word Jesus. You go to the church, you'll hear the word Jesus. Jesus' name proclaimed everywhere, whether in a swear word or whether from a word of love and a word respect. He's, he's, he's in our hearts and minds of everybody. You believe him, but why do people not accept him? Because people don't want him. Because people don't want him. People don't want a king. People don't want a judge. People don't want a lord. And people don't want truth. They want what they have right now. And the more that they create the concept that he does not exist, the more they can feed their lusts. The more they can feed their desires. In fact, however they create this concept of, of who Jesus is, the more they can feed exactly what they want. It's just, it's just we, don't, we don't want it. People don't want him. Now you say, why can anybody in this world um, not want him? Well, 
I um, look at the, the news often, and sometimes there's some things that concern me. And when things concern me, I'm like, you know, maybe I should research this a little bit. And one thing that, you know, concerned me is like, you know, hey, we need an infrastructure, therefore we should, you know, go into debt $3 trillion. And I'm like, $3 trillion? That's a lot of money. I think that's a lot of money. I don't know. How big is that? And uh, so I kind of look at it and says, does this ever going to crash? You know, I, I just want to know that if, you know, we, we keep on swiping the credit card, you know, is it ever going to, like, stop? Is it ever going to crash? Is the market ever going to, like, completely uh, fall? And uh, what's interesting is that not a lot of people think about it because who cares? We live at the moment. And what does the moment give us? Just slap the credit card. Just slap the credit card. Now, I'm not allowed to do that. So in other words, when things get tough, you know, if we just slap the credit card, slap the credit card, slap the credit card, it tells me it's going to get worse and 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 worse. But as it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse, then you slap it faster, 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 faster for the purpose of going, well, don't think about it because I don't know where it's going. It doesn't make a difference. Just keep slapping it. Just keep slapping it. Just keep slapping it. That's the way unsaved people work. People that don't know Christ work. I know I'm going to die. I don't know what's going to take place, but I know I'm going to die. And I know I'm going to face a judge. I know I'm going to face a king. I know I'm going to face a Lord. But right at the moment, I just, I'm not going to look past the moment. I'm not going to look past the moment, so we keep on shoving it and shoving it and shoving it and shoving it, and we have to hate it if we're going to shove it. And that's why there's so many haters of Jesus. Because the days are evil. And as the days are evil, we're going to want to continue to feed our lusts. And as we continue to feed our lusts, there's going to be somebody in the way. There's going to be Christ in the way. Why is he going to be in the way? Because when he lived, he, he didn't live a life that just fed his flesh. He lived a life that laid his life down so others can live. That's not attractive to everybody. I'm not going to lay my life down so others can live. And that's why he is being rejected. Because of who he is, what he did. Number five, a child of light walks in the truth. What is the truth? The truth is the way that it is. There's a story about a, a couple um, that was going out uh, to really nice fancy dinner. So they really dressed up. You got really nice looking and then they were going out to dinner and it was snowy outside. And as it was snowing outside, they get out of the car and they have the um, you know, umbrella to try to get in there fast before they don't mess up all their nice clothes. And so they get ready to go into the restaurant and they look over um, underneath a street light. There was a drunk guy and uh, he was on his hands and knees, and he was shuffling through the snow as if he had lost something. And they saw him under the street light, and the, the man said, you know what we need to do is I probably need to go help him out. He looks like he's frantic trying to find something. And so he told his wife, you know, go ahead and go into the restaurant, and I'm going to go help this individual out. So he went out there and says, are you all right? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, I, I lost my wallet, and I can't find my wallet anywhere in the this, in this snow. And uh, the person had pity for him, so he rolled up his sleeves. He, got on his hands and knees, and he started pushing his hands through the snow to try to find this, this wallet. And they sat there, and they, they worked a great time, getting wet, getting soaked, getting cold in the process of doing it. And they looked all the way underneath the streetlight, and the person that was going out to dinner looked at the drunk guy and says, you know what? Uh, it's not here. I haven't seen it anywhere. Are you sure this is where you lost it? And the drunk guy says, oh, no, I lost it a block and a half up the street. And the person who's going out to dinner said, why are we looking here? He said, because there's no streetlight up there. But there's a streetlight right here. And with a streetlight right here, I'm living under this light, but it's not the truth. <laughs> it's, it's, it's meaningless. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't go anywhere. If the truth is a block and a half up the street, have faith to walk up there and start looking for your wallet because it's senseless to put all of your investment in here. 
See, when you're talking about light and darkness, you're talking about two completely different realms. You know, people make the comment, are you a Christian? You know, I hope I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? Well, I'm, I'm trying to be a Christian. Are you a Christian? Well, I'm working at being a Christian. They don't understand what Christianity is. Because what is Christianity? Christianity is when you walk into a whole different realm with Christ being your king. When you say, God, I understand what you've done for me, and salvation is mine if I believe it, therefore I believe it, what takes place is you walk from darkness, that realm, into this realm of light, a realm of truth. Are you a Christian? Yes, I am saved. Yes, I'm saved. It's a whole different realm. It's a realm of truth. It's a realm of I know the way it is now. It's not an observation of how our lives function, an observation of how our lives walk, an observation of what's going on in your emotions, going on in your heart. It is you've walked to a completely different, beautiful realm of truth, and now you know. Now you know. Ephesians 5, walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, not, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Since you are in the light, it uses the word, you doing. You're trying to learn what pleases the Lord. I've walked from this realm into another realm, and now I'm going to try to learn on what pleases the Lord, and then I'm going to do it. But that doesn't mean that it's not two different realms. You're in a brand new realm, a realm of salvation. John three twenty one. but he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. In closing, number six, walking as a child of light, goodness, righteousness, and truth exposes the deeds of darkness. The entire world should be asking every believer this one question. The entire world, unsaved world, should be asking every church this entire question. They should be asking the church and they should ask the believers, what do you have that is so good? What do you have that has lit you up? What do you have that lights you up to the point that even gives you away? What do you have that you think is so amazing? That's exactly what the book of Acts said. Book of Acts, the people are like, what does Christians have that they were willing to die for it? What does Christians have that they were willing to to live for it. What do we have that is absolutely so amazing? See, we live where people are an embodiment of darkness. And we live where people are an embodiment of light, with the truth, with goodness, with, with the truth and with goodness and with righteousness. The world should be responding to us of what is different about them. Why are they alive? And as we are doing that, that's what's going to take place. It's going to turn the light on in the world. This is what exposes darkness. Just give you um, an example. When the world is caving in financially, the Christian has never lost his security. When the world is caving in financially, the Christian has never lost his smile. Why? He has, he has another home. He understands the truth. When the world is figuring out what is wrong with our children, Christian acts like they know what's wrong with their children and they're working in regards to that topic of sin and the redemption of Jesus Christ. 
what happens is when the world sees that, it exposes their darkness. And what is exposing darkness means? means they don't have the answer. And then they see that they don't have the answer when they see the believer. Every person that walks in the door, in fact, we even see it in a sense of worship. It says worship is a testimony to those who don't believe. How is it a testimony to those who don't believe? Everybody who walks in the door, it's in the darkness, saying these guys have something that they're excited about. These guys have something that they're just rejoicing about. These people have something in this crazy world that just makes them alive. It seems like their light is just on. And all of a sudden, conviction takes place, and their darkness is exposed, and they start asking the question, what do you have that I don't? What are you doing that I should be doing? Why do you have life, and I don't feel like I have life? Ephesians 5, Paul is explaining it, verse 11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up. What does that mean? It means be alive. (laughs) Be alive in a crazy world that we live in. Rise from the dead. Act like you're alive. Just by doing those two, what's going to happen according to that verse? Christ's light will shine on you. Something has got to wake us up. Something has got to wake people up. And they're trying to find out what it is in this world. And you know what it is? It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he rose, I am now alive. And what does that do? Turns my light on. Not really my light necessarily. It's Christ's light shining for me. I have something that the world needs. I have something that the world needs. And the church, or the, the world is blinded by its beauty, blinded by its light. Um, and then they start asking questions in regards to how do I get it? How do I find it? God, we just thank you so much for your word. And uh, we just thank you, God, that you are the light of the world. God, uh, uh, there's nothing that we can do that would portray um, a love for people, God, um, that would make an impact in this world. There's nothing that we can accomplish, God, that would portray, uh, make an impact that would change this world, God. But there's something that you have done that can change the world. Something you have done that can change life. And God, salvation has been granted because of what you have done. That is the light. That is the light. And God, may it shine on every single believer who has accepted it. The world needs to know that there's life beyond this world. And God, you have chosen your church to shine the light on your church so the world sees it. And I just pray, God, that our light would shine very powerfully as your light shines on us. We love you. In Christ's name, amen.